Jeannie Flavelle's Hot Commodity Podcast Series. Empowering clients with commercial intelligence, supply chain expertise, and risk management solutions. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Mike Coughlin, President and CEO of McKinney Flavelle, and today is August 25th. 2023 and welcome to our hot commodity podcast series i'm joined by eric thornton commodity specialist for mckinney flavelle hello eric how are you hey mike doing well how are you oh it's great it's already friday again i'm excited and you know i just have to tell you real quick my uh, fantasy football draft is coming up and guess who i'm keeping i'm keeping your guy josh allen yeah that's a nice one to keep i think hopefully uh he repeats as one of the top producers in fantasy. He will. He will. <laughs> He'll make you proud. And as a Buffalo Bills fan, I did it for you. Not just because he's the top five player. <laughs> awesome. I, hope I appreciate be. that. Looking out for your uh, your fellow employees here. Yes. <laughs> Our coworkers. Yes, we're a family. Uh, hey, Eric. You know, to, this week was uh, uh, an important week. For all those yeah. that are out there watching the corn and soybean markets, a lot of corn sweetener, uh, people involved in the corn sweetener world, are they're paying a lot of attention to what Pro Farmer is saying this week. And uh, so I thought today what we would do is uh, talk a little bit about uh, their findings and um, yeah, kind of, you know, our opinion moving forward and what might happen uh, in the future basis. Beautiful. This. But first, I think um, for those that don't know, why don't you talk a little bit about what the Pro Farmer Tour is? Yeah, sounds great. And I think all week we were making some comments on IQ via our Commodity Insights. I know Nicole was was doing a couple audio segments, so make sure you check those out if you missed it. But uh, we'll also summarize it for you here on today's podcast. So Pro Farmer, annual crop tour that takes place in the third week of August, one of the more widely anticipated tours, at least in the eyes of the market, because this is uh, actually getting boots on the ground, getting folks in the field to do real field data testing and get some actual rough yield estimates, at least as where the crops stand currently for both corn and soy. So it's been 30 years in the making, 30 years going. uh, And really the focus is on seven uh, states, you know, your more traditional powerhouse states, Indiana, Illinois, Iowa, uh, also Ohio was added to the mix, as well as uh, South Dakota, Minnesota, and Nebraska. So those uh, seven states in total is what the uh, tour focuses on. And I'll say, historically speaking, at least with some of the yield numbers that the tour regularly publishes year in, year out, historically, they've come in under where the USDA's final Mm -hmm. yield is. So just again, keep keep, uh, that in the back of your mind. Any of the numbers you're seeing out there now, at least with history speaking, again, eight of the last 10 years, is these numbers end up being a little under where the final yeah. yield will be. But again, it's just a good barometer check. Yeah, of, I think that's a good you know, point. Where things are, you know, obviously it's been a pretty volatile year weather-wise. You know, we had a pretty ideal planting season and then we really dried out in the month of June. Got very timely rains in July before kind of drying out again with more spotty rains here so far in the month of August. So I think the market's just really seeing is there anything eye-opening out there? Is there any areas of major yeah. concern? Or are we kind of maybe right in line where yeah. with uh, where the USDA is currently? Excellent. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, for the last couple months, 
uh, obviously it's a it's a weather market and um, there's been more extreme conditions in certain areas so you know this is very very uh, uh, important information I think you bring up a good point it's about directionally where it's yes. a, if you're comparing these to the USD numbers it might not be the best thing to do but more just a, a trend of what they did before exactly yeah. Okay. So what were the findings? Where are the good areas and where are the yeah. bad areas? Yeah. So let's, uh, we can kind of pick apart here. Um, and again, it's just as a baseline, sure. let's just remind ourselves where USDA is currently as of the August WASD mm-hmm. for corn, 175.1 bushels per acre for soybeans, 50.9 bushels per acre. And for soybeans, I'll just comment that they don't come out with a yield estimate per se. What they'll do sure. is actually comment on pod counts within a three foot by three foot area. Um, but again, we have some year over year comparisons just to kind of, again, see trend or any outliers. But And the reason they do that is just because it's uh, it's too early to tell. There's still a lot of growing. To too do, early. Correct? Yes. Okay. Yep. Yep. So those, uh, they, they can count pods, but sometimes the pods will be fairly empty, at least not producing the uh, soybean kernel or the soybean grain at this yes. point. And that just takes some time and developing here at the tail end of August into September. Excellent. But um, I'd say bottom line, all in all, and we did have Sean actually on our side, uh, Sean Bingham, he had joined the part of the tour in Illinois uh, this Wednesday. So he actually got some firsthand experience on this and would agree, I think, in saying the top line takeaway is variability, Mm. not only state to state, you know, region to region within the Corn Belt, but literally county to county or field to field, like within miles of each other. Wow. So a lot of that attributed to, again, it was a pretty dry and harsh period in June. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like any of the crops that got planted earlier in the season that were able to maybe withstand some of that stress that we saw in June had fared a lot better. And then secondly, when the moisture did return in, in July, it was kind of sporadic in nature still while some of these systems looked really impressive and powerful and would basically drop one to one and a half inches of rain across the entire belt. You'd get one field that would get that, but literally five miles away, some fields uh, maybe just sprinkled on. So a lot of variability, Mm -hmm. but no, uh, I would say major shockers in terms of some States that are just suffering mightily. There are pockets Two that were of note, southeastern Minnesota, mm-hmm. which uh, is also kind of reflective of the drought monitor. When you look at that area, there's some exceptional drought that's developed there all season and has really missed out on a lot of these rains like I talked about. And then also of note was uh, west central Iowa okay. looks to be a little problematic this year. But as far as the state by state, the two areas that look really good and markedly better than last year is South Dakota and Ohio. Okay. So Ohio looks to be on track for a record corn yield. Wow. Pro Farmer came out with 183.9 okay. this year compared to 174.1 last year. Mm-hmm. So market improvement there. Uh, and soybean pod counts of 1250. That's 1,250 this year versus 1,131 last year. So again, nice improvement there record potential if they can hold on to some some rains and weather, which they've already gotten recently. And then South Dakota, a nice increase there of uh, 34 bushels per acre increase at a state yield of 153. So a lot better there. 
but everywhere else is is a little bit down. Not substantially, but down. So Minnesota is one of those areas. They're looking to tail off. And again, this is reflective of the kind of the conditions we've seen there, trending drier, missing out on rains for really the last few months. Their their yield last year for corn was 190.4, looking at 181.3 this year. So about 9 million bushels less than a year ago. Illinois, marginally lower for corn, 193 this year, 197 last year. A pod count there, a little bit better actually than last year, 1271 and 1250 last year. Mm. And then lastly, I'll comment on is Indiana. Marginally better, 180.9 bushels per acre for corn versus 177.8 last year on, on corn. And a pod count that looks actually quite good currently at uh, 1,309. So uh, I would say, again, about as expected. And really, you know, you'd expect to see some volatility in futures prices for corn based on this tour as historic, uh, historically speaking, that's happened. But man, we've really haven't moved in either direction all week. Mm. We've pretty much hovered um, right around that 490 for a futures number for December 23 futures and seeing March 24 about the same, maybe a penny up, penny down, day in, day out, but all in all staying right around that 503, 502 dollars per bushel. So not a lot of volatility from this. And I'll kind of conclude with some thoughts uh, perhaps on maybe, you know, where we see this playing out moving forward and, you know, we, we do talk internally each Thursday in, a, in our own internal McKinney uh, commodity overview. Um, you know, I think a lot of our sentiment in the office is the same, that, uh, you know, we think these these yields are, are fair right now. But with the weather even that we've seen the last week or two, starting to trend a lot hotter, not as much moisture to work with, and it looks to be, again, fairly dry the next seven days right through almost Labor Day, we might be looking at a scenario where the top end of these yield expectations could be trimmed just a little bit. Mm -hmm. So in the case of corn, not going to be overly concerning if we lose another two, even three bushels per acre off that 175.1 USDA number right now. The balance sheet can, can accommodate that. We still have a lot of harvested acreage to work with and likely see an ending stock scenario where we're at or above 2 billion bushels. The the one to watch is going to be soybeans. Mm. And, you know, that 50.9 is very delicate uh, with not much room lower to work with whatsoever. So even a half a bushel reduction there would take off about 41 million bushels of supply. And that, that kind of gets you uh, pretty dangerously close to 200, if not falling below 200 bushels in wow. ending stocks. So definitely talking about demand rationing at that point. Again, dryness isn't always a huge concern for soybeans. It actually leads to a higher oil yield, which is favorable. But we don't want to see that soybean yield too much lower than 50.9. I would say right now there seems to be some sentiment it could fall to maybe 50.5. Okay. But again, I think we really won't know until the next few months as we start to get actual harvest numbers in. Right. Um, so USDA, when it comes to the September WASD, will start actually incorporating some of this field data on their own into their, their new yield projections. But 
you know, sitting here looking out over the next few months. Um, I don't necessarily lean towards, I think the crop's going to grow larger and bigger over time. It may, it may be neutral to slightly lower. Okay. So that's, uh, kind of what the tour had resulted in this week where, where things are currently and what may lie ahead. But ultimately, again, I don't think it's going to majorly disrupt, uh, you know, some softer corn prices longer term and, and, yeah. and soybean prices that will remain volatile, volatile, but, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of weakness later in Q4. Okay. Yeah. And, and I, you, you talked about the, the market not making much of a move. Would you, would you say that that's because many in the market had already priced in or it was priced at a value where these results didn't really impact it? Would you say that's a fair statement? Yeah, it appears so. Again, I don't think there, uh, was too much in the way to say that 175 or near for corn is, is about where we're going to be or or close to that level. And I think even some of the numbers were probably a little bit more bearish than than originally thought of. Again, knowing that the, the tour comes in historically below where actual yields will end up. But um, maybe it was a little bit of a seesaw battle, again, with the weather maybe being a bit threatening, pretty hot, pretty dry. So a little bit of a a teeter there, I think of maybe slightly bearish pro farmer numbers and, you know, slightly bullish weather, at least in the near term. Yeah. Well, and the other point that you've talked about uh, in the past is just the new varieties of uh, yeah. corn and soybeans and them being able to, you look at historical numbers, you look at weather patterns and history is always a good guide for the past and what might lead to the future. But I think it's an important point that you make that uh, with the different varieties, they're they're stronger. Absolutely, <laughs> they can deal yep. with more. They can deal with more pain, Eric. They can, and uh, yes. those extreme kids. That's exactly why they develop them. And so I think it's a good reminder is that you know you could have these conditions, but if you have a, a little bit of rain and maybe not as much at certain times, uh, you can still get a decent yield. Exactly. You know? Yeah. No, so. I think that's good to also call out is. Again, you kind of look at the drought monitor and it looks very threatening, but, you know, there, there has been rain that, that did come through very timely in July, especially for corn during pollination. The technology has advanced significantly, like you said, since we had the 2012 drought that was, yeah. that was obviously very yeah. damaging to corn yield. I think we averaged around 123, 123 bushels per acre that year, a far cry from, you know, the numbers we see now or trend yields. And then, um, you know, 2021, two years ago, was actually our record corn yield uh, at 176.7 bushels per acre for corn. And we actually had significant drought in the northern grain belt that year. Really wiped out the wow. spring wheat crops up there. But corn and soy, while still down up there, held on. And then all the other states were really um, able to pull up what was a below average northern grain belt yield. But to your point, if we didn't have some of these new varieties and, and genetics at play, we probably would have seen a much lower corn yield and soybean yields two years ago. Excellent. Excellent. And you bring up a very good point about the IQ platform in our commodities insight section, where our analysts are posting uh, multiple times per week, the commercially what they're seeing, uh, direction. It's just a great 
place to go within the platform to get those ideas. So it's a good reminder. If you don't know what I'm talking about and you're just like, what's that IQ platform? Reach out to us. We'll put you on a test drive. You can get all kinds of great information, intelligence, analysis, charts. It's a great place to go. One central place. Right, Eric? Absolutely. One-stop yeah. shop. Excellent. And sometimes there's even a video that we record. Yes. Uh, Eric uh, recorded uh, some videos recently on wheat. So it's all uh, all right there in one spot. Uh, anything else before we let folks go and enjoy their weekend, Eric? I don't think so. Uh, okay. Last last full week of August, next week, September is closing in. One week from yep. today, September 1st. Yep. But yep. fall Our kids is, are... is pro- approaching in. I think I've seen pumpkin spice lattes already <laughs> out there. I've seen Halloween <laughs> yes. stuff out there. So I know. fall and, and harvest is quickly approaching. I know. I know. It's it's going quick. And those listeners out there, if, if you're not uh, a client of Bikini Flavel and you're sitting there going, geez, there's a lot of volatility, a lot of things happening in corn and soybeans, please reach out to us. As we all know, market timing is extremely important uh, in different ingredients, uh, and we'd love to help you. So uh, please reach out and hope to uh, talk to everyone soon who's not a client. Uh, So we're going to wrap this one up. Uh, As I always like to say, live with an attitude of gratitude. Enjoy every minute moment with your friends and family. Uh, Until our next podcast, take care, everybody. So long. Bye now. That concludes this podcast episode. For expanded commentary and more detailed information, log on to McKinney Favelle's IQ Ingredient Intelligence Platform and listen to our Market Insights podcast. If you're not a subscriber, visit McKinney-Favelle.com for more information. And as always, follow us on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter.